Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello and welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Monty Walden. In recent years, I've noticed increasing interest in ideas such as organic wines, so-called natural wines, and biodynamic wines. I'll read for you some excerpts from my book, Biodynamic Wine, and follow up with some commentary on the topics covered. Celestial calendars and celestial rhythms have long provided cues for when to perform particular activities around the farm or vineyard. This week, we visit some of the astronomical observations that have led to important biodynamic practices. It is important here to remember we're talking about astronomical things and not astrological things. Working to Celestial Rhythms As well as being the oldest organic movement, biodynamics was modern farming's first attempt to take active account of the movements of and forces exerted by the moon and other planets and by the sun and other stars when timing agricultural work. Our planet was formed by and forms part of a wider universe. Biodynamic methodology assumes that life originates from the whole universe rather than just what the earth provides. That's quite an important idea if you think about it. Although science accepts that the moon's position relative to the earth can influence the earth's shape, its weather, atmospheric pressure and tidal movements, it disputes the effect, for example, the full moon has on when women give birth, and scientists view as simply fantastical some of Rudolf Steiner's more esoteric philosophies. And they're not the only ones, to be fair. Nevertheless, Steiner viewed each farm as an organism, the organs of which are the soil, the crops, the animals, and the farmer. And by extension, each farm organism was to be considered part of the whole cosmos, and not as just earthly or earthbound. Steiner said, quote, The plant is like a butterfly chained to the ground. The butterfly is like a plant liberated by the cosmos. Researching Celestial Formative Forces After Rudolf Steiner's death in March 1925, experiments were conducted by his followers, including at the Gotianium in Switzerland from 1930 to 1935, to try to establish links between the growth of crops and the, quotes, formative forces exerted on them by the celestial bodies. Farmers who understand the rhythms and subtle influences of the wider universe on our planet might be considered more sensitive to the Earth's own seasonal rhythms of autumn, winter, spring and summer. The idea of being able to plan agricultural work, maybe months in advance, according to celestial rhythms, can be both appealing and reassuring, partly because it costs nothing, but mainly because it can allow farmers to set aside periods of an unfavourable moon in which to catch up on office chores. Not that anybody likes office chores, obviously. 
So the moon and sun, or the synodic cycle. The full moon to new moon cycle relates to the moon's position relative to the sun as seen from Earth. It is the lunar cycle we are most familiar with, because it governs which, if any part of the moon is visible to us. This is due to the combined effect of the sun's light and the Earth's shadow from different angles on the moon's surface. The full moon to new moon cycle lasts 29.5 days, during which the moon appears to increase in size when it is said to be waxing, and to decrease in size when it is said to be waning. The cycle begins with the new moon when the moon and sun meet in the sky. Astronomers call new moon an example of a sun-moon conjunction, a conjunction occurring when two celestial bodies conjoin in the sky. The period marked by a planet returning to the same point in relation to the sun is called synodic, after the Greek word synodos, for meeting. The synodic period between new moons is the basis for our calendar month. The meeting of sun and moon at new moon symbolised copulation to the ancient Greeks, who saw new moon traditionally as a time of fertility and rebirth. Biodynamic farmers believe the moon's influences on Earth are felt through the medium of water. During the waxing moon, there is an increase in the moisture content of the Earth and in atmospheric humidity. This helps plant growth, but may encourage fungal diseases. These can be kept in check by spraying horn silica 501, or common horsetail 508, and by avoiding opening the soil by ploughing, which may also encourage weed germination. On the plus side, soil moisture during the waxing moon period makes this a good time to spread solid compost, or to apply dedicated soil sprays, like horn manure 500, or Maria Tun's barrel compost 502-507, and even liquid manure sprays intended for the soil. So this cycle involves the moon and the earth, and it's called the apogee and perigee. This cycle relates to the varying distance of the moon from the earth. It takes 27.55 days for the moon to return to exactly the same place relative to earth as it is orbiting. However, rather than orbiting earth in a perfect circle, the moon does a boomerang style ellipse. This means the moon is nearer earth during what is called perigee, but farther away from it at what is called apogee, which is why this moon-earth cycle is also called, quotes, the anomalistic month. So we'll talk about perigee first. When the moon is at its closest point to Earth at perigee, two things can happen. Tides are especially strong, and there is more chance of a lunar landing. Neil Armstrong and his 1969 Apollo 11 mission, his team saved 42,000 kilometres of extra flying by going to the moon at perigee. The perigee moon is said to bring a, quote, winter mood because the moon's, quote, watery element strongly inhibits the sun's relationship with the earth. 
Seeds sown at perigee may germinate poorly or grow to produce big yields, albeit of potentially, quote, watery crops unsuited to long-term storage. This may suit growers of cut-and-come-again salad or spinach and leaf beets more than it does wine growers seeking age-worthy wines. Biodynamic growers believe fungal disease spores causing mildew and rot become notably more active at lunar perigee. Biodynamic wine growers are especially attentive when perigee and full moon coincide. This happens about once every 14 or 15 months. Ploughing the soil during this watery lunar double whammy might needlessly set soil-borne fungal disease spores in motion, while also releasing humidity from the newly turned soil. The moon's furthest point from Earth or apogee is said to bring a, quote, summer mood, because tides are at their weakest and the moon's watery element is diminished. This makes it a good time to harvest fruit crops, like wine grapes or sow potatoes. Root and leaf crops like carrots and lettuce sown at apogee tend to shoot up and run to seed or bolt too quickly. The sidereal celestial cycle, which involves the moon and the stars. So there are 88 constellations visible in our sky, but the sun, moon and planets only pass in front of those lying along the ecliptic, as we have seen. So whereas the sun takes one year to pass in front of all 12 of them, it takes the moon only 27.3 days. The astronomical constellations form the sidereal zodiac, from the Latin word sidera, meaning star. Ptolemy of Alexandria drew up a star map with 1,028 stars, and this was then used by the International Astronomical Union, www.iau.org, when this organisation demarcated the constellations in 1928. Slightly different astronomical divisions than the IAU are used by the biodynamic movement, notably by its ideological HQ, the Gothianum, in Dornach in Switzerland, which publishes a celestial calendar annually, and also by the late Maria Thun from Germany, whose own calendar made her the world's most well-known biodynamic farmer until her death in April 2012. Maria Thun's four-element theory, root days and fruit days. Maria Thun's job was market gardening and farming. Her tips on improving crop yields and quality by working to celestial cycles in general and the moon's sidereal cycle in particular are based on her own research studies, none of which, as far as I know, have been peer-reviewed in scientific journals. By 1957, Maria Thun was convinced that the four elements of earth, water, air and fire, as represented by four groups of constellations related to one single element each, strongly influenced the growth not just of plants, 
but of particular parts or organs of plants. Maria Thun set out to prove that the moon's movement through the sidereal zodiac catalyzed the growth of particular parts or organs in biodynamic speak of plants such as the roots, the leaves, the flowers and the fruit or the seeds also within the fruits. The idea was that these found expression in the four elements. Maria Thun said her results showed that root crops like parsnips and also onions and potatoes, which grow in the earth but are not considered true root crops, that these crops perform best when sown, watered and hoed with the sidereal moon standing in the earth constellations of bull, virgin and goat. Maria Thun said that flowers did best with the sidereal moon in the air or light constellations. These are twins, scales and waterman. Leaf crops like cabbage and lettuce performed best when the sidereal moon was in front of one of the water constellations. Crab, scorpion and fishes. Finally, fruit crops or seed crops performed best with the sidereal moon in the warmth constellations, which are ram, lion and archer, with fruit crops correspondingly especially to the constellations of ram and archer, and seed crops such as cereals or sunflowers corresponding especially to lion. Tun also found root crops that were sowed and hoed and picked during leaf periods produced plants with big leafy tops, but only small roots. Using Maria Tun's suggestions, vines, which of course relate to the fruit seed or warmth constellations, should be worked when the sidereal moon stands in front of ram, lion or archer. So Maria Tun's research was questioned. Maria Tun's annual biodynamic sowing and planting calendar was first published in 1963. It's now written by her son Matthias. Contemporary biodynamic wine growers probably spend more time consulting the Tun calendar than Steiner's Spiritual Foundation for the Renewal of Agriculture, or the Agriculture Course Book. However, both the methodology and relevance of the aspect of Tun's work concerning sidereal celestial cycles has been questioned. Uh, I'll just add something about the Tun calendar. My own, this is my own thought. Some of you won't agree. On Just on a practical level, it's virtually impossible to, to work to this particular um, calendar, irrespective of the fact that some people say it's unscientific and some people swear by it. It really is. If you've got a vineyard bigger than your toenail, you're going to really struggle to do everything, all the fruity, leafy, rooty bits when the moon is in the right place and the weather's good and your staff are okay and the tractor hasn't broken and there's not too much wind or you've got a desperate appointment at the bank to stay afloat. It's just it's just never going to happen really as far as I'm concerned. It's one thing being biodynamic. It's one thing being sensible, I think. And um, if you want to do it, that's fine. You're not going to do anybody any harm. Um, wine growing's hard enough without trying to fit into a a celestial calendar that has not really been scientifically proven, I think is unlikely to be for all sorts of reasons, good and, but not necessarily good and bad, but um, but it's very hard to prove a negative, obviously. Anyway, I digress.
Now we're going to talk about the moon. The moon, a transmitter or reflector. Uh, this is a one-hour discussion on the moon transmitting or reflecting, and we do hope you're sitting comfortably. The moon, is it a transmitter or is it a reflector? Rudolf Steiner himself was clear about the moon's role. Steiner said that while we tend to think of the moon as reflecting only sunlight and nothing more, in fact, in his words, along with the moonbeams, the entire reflected cosmos comes towards the earth. The moon reflects everything that comes towards it. In a certain sense, the whole starry heavens are reflected by the moon and stream towards earth, like a very powerful celestial organising force that radiates down from the moon into the plants. So we're going to do this is another let's talk about another celestial cycle. This cycle is called the ascending and descending moon cycle. The ascending moon and descending moon cycle is one of the easier lunar cycles to work to. This is because it allows wine growers two periods of almost two weeks each in which to time specific tasks. Just as the sun's position in the sky relative to the equator is never fixed, moving from its highest point in the sky each year at summer solstice to its lowest point at winter solstice, so the height of the moon above the equator also varies. Like the sun and the planets in our solar system, the moon passes in front of the twelve constellations of the zodiac as it travels across the ecliptic. The difference is that whereas for the sun there is a six-month gap between its winter low and summer high points above the horizon, the gap for the moon's, quotes, summer high and winter low, these points are only 27.3 days apart, or just 13.6 days between the start of each ascending or descending moon. During an ascending moon, the moon's arc passes from archer via goat, waterman, fishes, ram and bull to end up in twins in the northern hemisphere, and from twins to archer in the southern hemisphere. The ascending moon rhythm is said to invoke a spring or summer mood. The earth is said to breathe out, and plant growth is concentrated above the soil as life forces stream upwards from the roots. The upper parts of the plant fill with sap, vitality and aroma. Ascending moon periods are good times to spray horn silica 501, to sow cover crop seeds, you get stronger germination, and to harvest flowers for display, they last longer. And finally, even harvesting Christmas trees, because the needles take longer to fall if they're cut down during the ascending or spring summer moon. Ascending moon periods are the time to pick grapes for longer-lived wines. Maria Tun recommended that fruit being picked for storage is best harvested during an ascending moon, because it will keep longer without spoiling. So this is of especial interest to winemakers of Recioto styles, dried grape wines, in which the grapes are dried after picking for days or even months and must not spoil before they're pressed into wine. Now let's talk about the descending or autumn-winter moon. 
during a descending moon, the moon's arc passes from twins, via crab, lion, virgin, scales, scorpion, and back to archer in the northern hemisphere, and from archer to twins in the southern hemisphere. When the moon is descending, the earth breathes in, and growth forces are concentrated underground as sap flows downwards into the roots. The descending period is also the best time to plant young vines, and also to undertake pruning, because valuable plant sap will now be safely concentrated in the roots. Biodynamic winemakers will also try to take account of the periods of the ascending and descending moon when working in the cellar. For instance, by racking wine during the descending phase, when sediment will be at its most compact, and wine aromas are less likely to dissipate. Being attentive to the ascending and descending moon cycles can help when grafting vine science onto rootstocks ready for the planting of new vineyards. The cutting for the vine scion will be taken during the moon's ascending phase, so that the sap, or the sap force, is concentrated in the upper part of the vine, meaning its shoots, so there is abundant sap in the scion for it to graft more strongly. Ideally, the union of the vine scion and rootstock should also coincide with the moon's ascending phase, so that sap from the rootstock rises up into the vine scion to reinforce the graft union. The newly grafted rootstock, or vine, will be planted out in spring during a descending moon, when the sap is concentrated in the root zone, and earth forces are strongest in the earth. Moon-Saturn opposition. This is probably, when I'm consulting to people, this is the one I always like to talk about, the Moon-Saturn opposition. You'll find out why in a sec, but it's just easy to work to. And for me, it's one of these, um, the Maria Tun sort of fruit day things. I'm not that sold on, as you've probably guessed. Um, but Moon-Saturn opposition, I think, makes absolute sense. And hopefully, after I've read this little bit to you, you're going to agree. And if you don't agree, it's absolutely fine. You just have a Monty listener opposition. Moon-Saturn opposition. Oppositions occur when celestial bodies stand opposite each other in the sky at 180 degrees. The most obvious opposition occurring between the sun and moon every 29.5 days is called full moon. Rudolf Steiner outlined in his 1924 agriculture course how plant growth was strongest when the two opposite forces or force poles of lime calcium on the one hand and silica on the other were in balance. And this is the case when the moon is in opposition to Saturn. Steiner said that the moon and the inner planets, which are Mercury and Venus, supported or enhanced the calcium or growth processes, which build and regenerate the physical organisms. That's stuff, you know, like leaves and shoots and stuff for, for vines. They influence fertility, reproduction, propagation, germination, and substance or matter. In contrast, the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars, supported the silica processes. These influence plant form and shape and structure and sensory capacity. So, when the Moon and Saturn 
stand on opposite sides of the Earth. This occurs every 27.5 days, by the way. The forces they respectively exert ray into the Earth from each direction, and a synergy occurs. Working with plants in the day or two days leading up to a Moon-Saturn opposition produces stronger and more resistant growth, that's the calcium bit, and quality or taste, that's the silica bit. Horn manure 500 sprayed at this time provokes strong soil activity and plant rooting. Horn silica sprayed at this time augments plant resistance and crop quality. Common horsetail 508 sprayed at moon Saturn opposition shows improved effectiveness at balancing soil-plant relationships. If I could pack only one celestial cycle into my desert island suitcase, the Moon-Saturn opposition cycle would be the one. Although the planets orbit the Sun in approximately the same plane as the ecliptic, the Moon's orbit is tilted at an angle of 5 degrees, sometimes being above it and at other times below it. The two points where the Moon crosses the ecliptic are called nodes. Nodes are notable for being the only points where eclipses can occur. An eclipse occurs only if the Moon is in line with the Sun and the Earth at the time of the conjunction. New Moon or opposition, full moon. Maria Tun maintained that nodal periods or nodes, and by implication eclipses, are unfavourable moments for agricultural work. This is because they affect plant growth and inhibit germination of seeds sown during or close to the node. Whether agricultural work should be stopped just an hour or two either side of a node, or an actual eclipse, which Tun recommends, or for longer perhaps for the whole day, appears unknown. And you can see there's some sort of logic, I think, uh, with this, with the eclipse, because they're sort of, I mean, they're predictable events as for us as humans, because we, we know we've got telescopes and stuff, um, but they're not necessarily predictable events for plants. I mean, plants can sense the rain, they can sense the sun, the heat gradually warming up and all the rest of it, soil gradually drying out, so they can kind of get used to it. But if they're used to light, and bam, there comes an eclipse, then that is, you can see that would actually be a stressful thing for them. So knowing about nodes is definitely worth it, especially if you're a plant, but unfortunately they can't read books or even listen to podcasts, so they're a little bit stuffed. Other periods avoided by some biodynamic growers include occultations. These occur when sun or moon pass in front of, and thus occult, meaning hide, a planet. And the other one are transits when the interior planets, such as Mercury and Venus, pass directly in front of the Sun. This is something that the other planets can't do because of where they're positioned. Celestial Calendars The earliest celestial calendars, which appear to show the 29-day synodic, which is the full moon to new moon cycle, form part of the famous cave paintings found at Lascaux in western France. They date from the Upper Paleolithic, which is around about 15,000 years ago. The most famous and widely used biodynamically oriented celestial calendar in the modern era 
is Maria Thun's annual Ausetaga, which first appeared in 1963 and is published annually in her native Germany. Her son Matthias collaborated with his mother on this calendar until her death, aged 89 in 2012. It's now published under Matthias's name in English as the Biodynamic Sowing and Planting Calendar. As always, thank you for listening to the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. Please join us next for a primer on certification or certifications. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.